to Treasure of the Month, opening up the treasures of Lichfield Cathedral for all who'd like to learn a little bit more about this treasure of a place with me, Gregory Platten, the Canon Chancellor. How are you, Michael? I'm very well, thank you. Not bad at all. It's good to be back together again. It's been a while since we did the last Treasure of the Month. But today we're talking about something, again, a bit different, something we've not really talked about before, uh, and it's to do with stonework, um, of which there is a, a lot of really fine stonework, because they're not a, in the cathedral. Yes, um, it's uh, it's quite surprising, actually, just how much there is. There's several tonnes of it, I think. Most of it, like this one, discovered under the, under the floor and during excavations, archaeological excavations of one sort or another. Yeah, so this one here is... Um, is quite extraordinary, uh, and it's the Green Man. I mean, that's a strange name for anything. Can you tell us a bit about what a Green Man is? Because they're not unique to us, are they? No, they, 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 we can talk about that. They, they're all over the place. But yes, they're, they're figures, faces usually, sometimes entire figures, but faces usually, with um, foliage around them, over them, uh, coming out of the mouth, um, all sorts of different um, sub-formats, if you like. But it's basically um, somebody's head associated with greenery of one sort or another, usually associated with spring and, uh, and uh, the new life and the birth of life after the, uh, after the winter and so on. At least that's, that's what it's thought, they're thought to be about. Nobody actually knows, really, uh, but they go back an awful long way into pagan times. It's thought that... Um, they were a pagan uh, image that was easily accepted by the new Christian audiences that were appearing because they were because they were symbolic of rebirth. It was thought that that fitted well with the Christian message and made it quite easy to to make a, a link, if you like, for pagan audiences being converted to Christianity, where they could see some of their familiar civilization. Um, still operating, if you like, um, in in the the new Christian environment in which they were being asked to live. I think that's really interesting because I think um, we often we use pagan in quite a derogatory term nowadays. But actually, one of the great sort of uh, gifts of the Christian Church has been to adapt things like Christmas to suit the Christian gospel. In, in the same way, it's fascinating to hear that the Green Man, in a way, is a sort of accommodation in a sense, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's uh, and they're they're quite quite impressive figures usually. They're very and they're all over the place. Um, we see them in churches in this country, and sometimes in buildings that are not churches, but they're usually in churches. And sometimes you can have a number of them in the same church as we have in Richfield. Um, but they're also familiar all over Europe. And way beyond, it's thought, in fact, they come from the Middle East, in Iraq and Lebanon, there are, there are examples. And indeed, in, um, in, in the Far East, um, in India um, and Nepal, um, the, you know, they're, they're very widespread. That's fascinating. And it's thought that it's an image which has occurred quite separately to different civilizations and been developed in different civilizations. But a very similar image has... Um, has developed uh, to doing a very similar thing in a number of different civilizations across the world. I never realised that they, I, I actually always assumed they were a peculiarly sort of English thing. I didn't realise they went that far. It's extraordinary. 
No, no, they, they are common in this country, but they're also common in, in Europe. But in fact, um, one that um, it's very similar to ours is on um, Kilpeck Church in Herefordshire, where it's still in situ um, on the outside of the church over the main entrance. And it's thought that um, that was carved by Heref Her what was called a Hereford School of Carvers. But it's thought that they were probably trained by French masons uh, brought over with the Norman invasion. It's a Norman church and um, that it may well have been French masons that came over and taught these Herefordshire masons um, to make these carvings. And that particular church is covered in, um, in uh, Romanesque carvings. Um, uh, of which this uh, green man is, is just one. So is there any suggestion that that might be from the same school of masons that were here at Ditchfield? Not quite, no. I mean, ours is not quite as... For some reason, the, um, the Kilpeck one is in better condition than, than ours is. Ours has had bits knocked off it because it was knocked off the cathedral in the first place. As so what's the story then of this particular green man? Well, it was found under the nave. In the mid-19th century, there's one of the um, archaeological excavations that were done. In fact, they're, they're all there were archaeological excavations. They're usually done because some repair needs doing to the cathedral and uh, work needs to be done underneath the floor. So we, you can't work in a cathedral digging up the floor without getting an archaeologist involved. And we've been lucky in, in uh, Litchfield that this huge pile of masonry we've got has largely been, has largely been dug up from beneath the floor um, in, in these um, excavations. And this chappie was, uh, was, was one of those. So um, what would have happened is that he'd have been part of the Norman Cathedral. He was probably <laughs> built in the middle of the, um, made in the middle of the 12th century, about 1140, knocked down about a year, 100 years later when they decided to um, rebuild the Norman Cathedral and build the one we've got now. Um, the, uh, the nave bit of it, as it were, is the, the bit we've got now. You can see, can't you, on the side, is, is it Romanesque on the back of it? Uh, there's sort of slight sort of um, flashes of, uh, almost like zigzags behind him. Yes, yes, indeed. They're very ro that's very ro typically Romanesque uh, decoration. Yes. And there's none of that left now in the cathedral, is there? I don't think. No, there isn't. There's nothing. Nothing of this. Nothing of this period has survived. Um, but the, as I was saying, the Kilpeck one is still in situ. The Kilpeck Church is still as it was in the twelfth in the twelfth century. It, the the area in which it was built was quite. Um, quite prosperous at the time it was it was built but it became very unprosperous um during medieval times so nobody got around to rebuilding it so it still it still sits there as it sat in in 1140 uh, ish um it first to admire today this um this Kilpeck uh, piece uh, it's built of uh, it's made of sandstone which is usually a very soft stone and um, but but this particular sandstone at Kilpeck is obviously a lot tougher than other people's it's also benefited from the fact that it's over the main entrance which for many hundreds of years had a wooden porch over it so it was protected from the weather and in the mid-19th century that porch was taken down basically so that you could see the wonderful carving, but um, it's it's uh, survived. They they've tried a bit. They put some lead flashing around the top of these carvings to deflect the rain, but um, it's uh, it, 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 it's obviously a much harder sandstone than 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 our pieces. I mean, that's what the uh, the dean 
always rather um, amusingly describes the red sandstone that we're made of as buttercream icing, doesn't he? Because it melts with, you know, with the... Oh, that's right, yes. It's, uh, it's very soft, yeah. Are there other examples of green men around the cathedral? You said something earlier that you thought there were more, yeah. Yes, 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 there are several actually. There are, um, there's one from the 14th century overlooking the, um, the high altar on, the, um, on, on the, the north side of the choir, um, one of the columns there. Um, and there's, uh, there's at least two in the uh, ceiling bosses uh, above the choir. And there's also uh, a, a, a modern one, just to make the point that people basically are still making green men. Um, there's one on the outside of the choir, very high up, um, which was put there in, I think, 2008, um, yes. during, a, during some repair work being done up there. Now, whether, whether to do a green man was the mason's idea, or whether it was the cathedral architect's idea, I'm not sure, but I should ask the cathedral architect now I thought of that. <laughs> and just below the crenellations, there's um, a band of carvings. Um, and these are from different periods, depending on which ones have had to be replaced over the years. And, um, and one of those is, a, is, a, is this 2008 one. Oh, very recent, very recent. It's very difficult to see because it's above the um, St. Chad's Head Chapel which gets in the way of seeing it from any normal angle. So you've got to see it from a very obtuse angle um, for which you need either a very powerful uh, telescope yeah. or a, a very long lens on your camera. But it, it, yes, yes. Um, and there are others. I think there are other green men actually in that same band of um, little carvings. Um, One's from, um, I think I saw one that looked 19th century to me. It's not, uh, I'm right in saying, the only stone to have been discovered, is it not? Because we've had, uh, we have another very well-known stone that was discovered in a similar way to the, the Green Man, don't we? Uh, you're referring to the angel now, are you? Yes, yes. That was as recently as 2003, you see. And uh, the Litchfield Angel is a thing of uh, not just local importance, but international importance. Um, it's a, a very fine piece of carving, which has survived remarkably intact, basically because it was underground for 800 years or so. Um, and it was in, it, in three pieces, but they were facing downwards over a pit, so they had no earth against them, um, or at least uh, largely no earth against them. So they weren't exposed to um, damp and all the rest of it. Um, so the quality of the carving is, is um, such as is really can't be found anywhere else. It, it astonished the whole specialist, wool specialist community of um, um, Saxon carving um, and uh, it changed people's views on, on just what it could be. So we're very lucky to have that. But as I say, that happened because the... Uh, the dean and, uh, and chapter decided they wanted to put um, a hydraulic up and down um, platform in the nave for the altar. Um, and this, this required digging a hole. And uh, they had to get the archaeologist in and do a proper archaeological excavation. And uh, this, is what, this came out of it. 
it wasn't the only thing that came out of it. It was by far the most important thing that came out of it. That's extraordinary. I mean, it's the, um, it is, when you see it, a remarkable thing. And there's actually, I'm going to put a plug in here now, because currently the chapter house is open uh, in the afternoons. And from June the 21st, I think it'll be open all day. And so you can see it um, uh, up close and personal. But there is also, isn't there, a mock-up that you can touch. And it, the, 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 the carving for that age, and it, it's just extraordinary, I think. But this, th- th- there's a sad side to the stone, is there not too? Because as we were saying uh, before we were, talking uh, in this podcast that the the civil war left a pretty poor legacy of stone damage can you say a bit about that michael in terms of bosses that around tombs yes well uh, litchfield cathedral suffered in the civil war like i don't think any other cathedral did um and it lost most of the the, the roofs at the east end the um east end and they it lost the, the main tower most of the main um steeple on the top of the tower there um all the stained glass went all the gothic stained glass so we have no gothics no no stained glass from before the civil war period um and um there was a further damage that was done which was that um the the different armies it was occupied by both sides at different periods of the civil war there were three separate battles at Brisbane. um and uh, along the way um all the monuments were attacked and basically demolished so all the tombs um and many of these were elaborate things sort of multi-story things um and uh, they were all destroyed uh, but we do have pieces from some of them, bits that have survived somehow, um, lumps of them, usually quite small lumps of them. Um, and in some cases, we actually know which tomb a particular lump came from um, because we have descriptions. And we, ha- we also have the evidence of a remarkable man uh, called Dugdale who went around the country doing engravings, uh, engraved illustrations of all these tombs because he had a premonition at the beginning of the civil war that this was going to happen so he went round he went round all the cathedrals and uh, recorded the, the monuments so we have the images we have Dugdale's images um, for the monuments in Litchfield Cathedral um, and uh, one of the most spectacular is is for the um, uh, for a monument which is just to the um, the west side of the steps out of the north transept where there's a sort of cadaver-like figure lying there and that's just, that's, just, that's just the bottom of this thing above him there was a story which had his his um, fully clothed figure on it and then there was a, there was it went up to a canopy above that again and the whole of that has, has been destroyed and we're just left with the cadaver-like figure at the bottom um but there are, there are, as I say, there are a couple of others where we do have um, pieces from from the uh, from the tombs miraculously surviving. I mean, it is extraordinary. They often say, don't they, about um, cathedrals and churches that they are quite literally stories in stone. Really, they're, they're very organic in the sense that they've changed over time and they keep changing. Thank you very much, Michael. It's been brilliant to talk to you again. Um, we've got another one coming up next month, which I think we're talking about um, Rod Kelly's Silver Salver. Okay, lovely. 
Many thanks to Michael for that treasure of the month and do check out our website where you'll find all the previous treasures of the month. You'll also find details there of Peter Walker's fantastic books and where to find them exhibition which is currently on in the cathedral until the 30th of June. Check out all the other activities and what's on as we begin to reopen after the pandemic and take care and stay safe.